You're listening to Time in the Word. With the opening of Revelation chapter 8, the chronological list of prophetic events is continued. As the seventh seal is broken by the Lord, the trumpet judgments begin. These judgments are more severe than the first six seal judgments and come in answer to the prayers of the saints of God. Dr. Gonzalez continues his exposition of the trumpet judgments John writes about in Revelation chapters 8 through 11. The seal judgments were bad, but the trumpet judgments will be worse. So much so that Revelation 8.1 says that when heaven's inhabitants became aware of them, there was silence in heaven for about half an hour. Let us listen as Dr. Gonzalez continues his study on end times prophecy. As you know, we have been uh, going through a uh, series in Bible prophecy. Now, uh, I'm not even sure what month we're in, but we've been working on this for, for, for quite a few weeks. Uh, last week, we, we started looking at the last three and a half years of the tribulation period. We already uh, saw, saw the judgments that were going to take place during the first three and a half years. We looked at the six seals. We talked about the fact that the seventh seal would, in essence, bring about the uh, trumpet judgments. We looked at where Israel was going to be in the scheme of things and what Antichrist would be doing midway through the tribulation and towards the beginning of, of the last three and a half years. We also said that uh, the judgments that would take place during the last three and a half years would be far more severe than anything that has occurred up to date during the tribulation period. And it's doubled the number of judgments that they will see, that planet Earth will see during the last three and a half years, over what they saw during the first three and a half years. Now we have discussed already the purpose for the tribulation. One, it's for God to judge uh, and punish the nations for their sin and for their rejection of Christ and for their persecution of the Jews. And we have also said that the purpose of the tribulation is for God to once again uh, go back to dealing with the, Jew, with the Jews and to bring them to a point where they enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. God is not done with the Jews and the church has not taken the place of the Jews. The Jews and uh, Israel and the church are two distinct entities altogether and uh, God is dealing still with the church as we uh, reach almost the conclusion of the dispensation of grace and we enter uh, the tribulation period. Uh, we also uh, make a point to say that, that once, this, once the rapture takes place, that doesn't mean that grace is not in, in effect. God is still by grace saving people during the tribulation period, but uh, no longer is He dealing with the church as the church has been raptured. Last week, we already uh, started discussing the judgments, the, the trumpet judgments. We already looked at trumpet number one. So today, we're going to pick up on trumpet number two, and that is in Revelation chapter 8, verses 8 and 9. If you have your Bibles with you, turn to Revelation chapter 8, because we're going to be spending some time in this chapter as we look at the series of judgments, uh, uh, the trumpets, as we see those, that series of judgments. Now, in Revelation chapter 8, verses 8 and 9, we have trumpet number 2, and this is what John says. The second angel sounded his trumpet, and something like a huge mountain, all ablaze, was thrown into the sea. <clears throat> a third of the sea turned into blood, a third of the living creatures living in the sea died, and a third of the ships were destroyed. Now, once again, is this something that uh, that is going to happen literally? I believe it is. Once again, there's no reason why we wouldn't take 
this prophecy literally when everything that has been fulfilled up to this point has been fulfilled literally. Now let's uh, break this passage down and see what it is that this trumpet, what, ju what, what the judgment this trumpet, what, what devastation is going to bring. We are sp not specifically told, although some New Testament scholars agree, that this could be a reference, and again, we, we don't take a dogmatic position, but it makes sense. Uh, many New Testament scholars seem to agree that uh, the huge mountain all ablaze uh, seems to be a reference to a huge meteor which is ignited upon its entry to the Earth's atmosphere. Uh, the impact of such a large object hitting the seas would certainly bring the devastation that, that uh, John speaks about in this judgment. If you just sit here and consider, for example, the incredible tidal waves that such an impact from such a large meteor would bring upon the earth, you can imagine how we see the massive destruction that we see. One of the things that is going to happen, and we're told that it, would, it was thrown into the sea, and as a result of the impact, whatever that, that may be, this is, this, again, we don't, we don't dogmatically say, as, say it's going to be a meteor, but it certainly makes sense that it could be that. Uh, but if you can imagine the result of such an impact, of such a huge uh, um, meteor hitting uh, the ocean, think of the tidal waves. The, the passage clearly says that as a result of that, a third of the sea turned into blood. And why did it turn into blood? Well, it tells us, following, that a third of the living creatures living in the sea died. Well, we can perhaps uh, surmise, again, not dogmatically, but we can perhaps theorize that because a third of the living creatures in the ocean have been killed, the death of those creatures have created what appears to be a sea turned into blood. And look at, in addition to that, it says that half or a third of the ships were destroyed. Now, think of the implications that this has. A tidal wave of that magnitude would certainly put many coastal areas underwater. Uh, secondly, when you think of the economic amp, uh, impact that that's going to have in the world and the capacity of such a catastrophe to produce, again, disease and, and, and contribute to the already famines that are going on, many of the living creatures that man would fish for food are going to be no longer. Uh, the ships, and this means cargo, this means passenger, this means military ships, a third of the ships in the ocean will be destroyed. Imagine the economic implications that this will have for many of the countries or most of the countries around the world. And think of the impact it'll have based on what these ships would be carrying between nations, be it food, be it whatever it may be. Think of the implications it'll have for m the military strategy of, of the power blocks in, place, in play during that time. Uh, uh, we certainly see that, and, and let me just s say this before we keep going. Uh, 
I do believe that God will exercise divine judgment and He will cause certain uh, unnatural things to happen simply because He's able to. He is God and simply because we can't understand entirely the concept of God doesn't mean that God is not capable of doing things we simply don't understand. But I do believe also that many of the things that the earth will experience during this time are going to be things that are natural consequences of things that have happened previously. War normally produces famine. Uh, famine normally produces death. Death, if if not, if you know, if, if people who die are not properly buried in the proper amount of time, it tends to cause diseases. So when you start think, thinking about the, the things that the earth experiences during this time, in addition to perhaps there being a divine judgment, much of this will be natural consequences from previous judgments that have taken place on planet Earth. And we're looking at trumpet number two, so we know that trumpet number one has already uh, occurred, and we know that the six seals have already occurred. So there's a lot of devastation already on planet Earth. Millions, perhaps billions of people have already died. Uh, much of, of nature has been devastated. We saw in trumpet number one where practically all the grass and much of the world's vegetation was devastated. We've seen, uh, so much of what is going to occur at this point, from this point on, is, is in addition to God's divine judgment, it's going to be the natural consequence of, of, of the previous things that have happened. So we know in trumpet number two that a third of all marine life would die. Uh, and again, perhaps this being the reason why a third of the sea turns into blood. And again, think of the domino effect that this will have on every aspect of life to every inhabitant of the earth during this time. This is a global thing, not a local or regional thing. Think of the political, think of the uh, economical, think of the health uh, issues that, that will be affected by this calamity. This calamity will create additional issues that the world will experience as they never have in the past, according to, uh, to the Lord Jesus Himself. Okay, Revelation chapter 8, verses 10 through 11, we see trumpet number 3. And this is what John says. The third angel sounded his trumpet, and a great star, blazing like a torch, fell from the sky on a third of the rivers and on the spring springs water. The name of the star was Wormwood. A third of the waters turned bitter and many people died from the waters that had become bitter. Now think about this. Trumpet number two, some object, whether it be a meteor or something else, something hits the oceans and causes a third of marine life to die, causes a third of the ships of the world to sink, and causes a third of the ocean to, to, to turn into blood. So the ocean, the water from the ocean has been affected by trumpet number two. Now trumpet number three tells us that now uh, fresh water uh, uh, sources have been affected and polluted and contaminated. Again, we don't know specifically what this great star is, but I'll give you two theories that seem to prevail among New Testament scholars. One of them is that another, or they argue that another celestial body such as a comet 
which leaves a fiery trail and disintegrates as it nears the Earth's, Earth's surface, is going to scatter and hit many areas around the world, affecting uh, uh, natural or uh, uh, freshwater resources. The other prevailing uh, theory is that it will be perhaps a nuclear or a number of nuclear explosions. Now the term wormwood uh, actually is a bitter poisonous substance derived from a root and it causes initially drunkenness and then eventually death. Now if the view that the nuclear explosion is correct, and again, uh, I, I won't take any position dogmatically, uh, the wormwood of which it speaks here could be the radioactive fallout following such an explosion. Either way, whatever that great star is, and again, remember, John is attempting to communicate things that he has never experienced in ways that we may understand the magnitude of the things that he's, he's seeing here. And he tells us, either way, whatever that uh, great story is, it tells us that a third of the wa world's fresh water supply will be contaminated. This will result in further death of many, hundreds of thousands, perhaps millions, around the world. Now in Revelation chapter 8 verses 12 through 13 we have the fourth trumpet and this is what John says. The fourth angel sounded the trumpet and a third of the, of the sun was struck, a third of the moon and a third of the stars so that a third of them turned dark. A third of the day was without light and also a third of the night and I watched I heard an eagle that was flying in midair call, call out in a loud voice, Woe, woe, woe to the inhabitants of the earth because of the trumpet blasts about to be sounded by the other three angels. Now listen to the words of Jesus in Luke chapter 21, verses 25 and 26. This is what Jesus said. There will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, nations will be in anguish and perplexity at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive of what is coming on the world for the heavenly bodies. The heavenly bodies will be shaken. It almost is a direct reference from the mouth of Jesus to the actual judgment of trumpet number four. This judgment will bring judgment on the sun, on the moon, and the stars, which are the heavenly bodies of which Jesus speaks that would be shaken. Now listen to what happens as a result of this judgment. A third of each of them the sun, the moon, and the stars uh, will be darkened. Now think of the disaster that this will be for planet Earth. For example, it will affect the uniformity of the day-night cycle. We're, we were told that in the passage, uh, uh, again in Revelation chapter 8 verses 12 through 13, it says, uh, a third of the day was without light and also a third of the night. So it will affect the uniformity of the day 
night cycle. There will be changes to the planet's temperatures, there will be, uh, which will cause severe changes meteorologically, botanically, and biologically. Think in addition, listen, and he uses the term in the passage, woe, 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 because the remaining three judgments that we're going to be looking at, five, six, and seven, are far more severe than the first four trumpet judgments that we've seen up to this point. Uh, even though the first four seem unimaginable, the remaining three will be far more severe than anything we've seen up to this point, and that is precisely why the term woe, which is usually a prophetic pronouncement about or of doom, is used to, to, to manifest uh, the coming uh, judgments. One Bible scholar says the first four trumpets resulted in human devastation brought about by war and the forces of nature. But the last three trumpets involve supernatural forces, angels and demons. These last three trumpets take us behind the scenes of the human conflict to see the ultimate spiritual war being fought for the control of the earth. So as bad as the first six seals were and as bad as the first four trumpets were, now we're entering the trumpets that are also referred to as uh, uh, the woes. And we're going to look at trumpet number five, which is the first woe. If you have your Bible, Revelation chapter 9, verses 1 through 12, this is what John says. The fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and I saw a star that had fallen from the sky to the earth. The star was given the key to the shaft of the abyss. When he opened the abyss, smoke rose from it like a smoke from a gigantic furnace. The sun and sky were darkened by the smoke from the abyss. And out of the smoke, locusts came, out, came down upon the earth and were given power like that of scorpions of the earth. They were told not to harm the grass of the earth or any plant or tree, but only those who did not have the seal of God on their foreheads. They were not given power to kill them, but only to torture them for five months or five months. And the agony they suffered was like that of a sting of a scorpion when it strikes a man. During those days, men will seek death but will not find it. They will long to die, but death will elude them. The locusts looked like horses prepared for, for battle. On their heads they wore something like crowns of gold, and their faces resembled human faces. Their hair was like, uh, like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. They had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sounds of their wings was like the thundering of many horses and chariots rushing into battle. They had tails and stings like scorpions, and in their tails they had power to torment people for five months. They had as king over them the angel of the abyss, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, and in Greek, Apollyon. The first woe is past, two other woes are yet to come. 
Now think about this, folks. We have lots of information that we want to unpack on this particular uh, uh, trumpet, the fifth trumpet, which is also called the first woe. Now the fallen, uh, uh, the star that had fallen from the sky to the earth is, of course, Satan. And Satan has the key that unlocks the abyss. Now the abyss, folks, the abyss is the place where the most evil of evil uh, angels were kept uh, uh, and locked up in. Satan will have the capacity to unlock the abyss and allow the worst of the worst to come out on, on, on the earth in order not to kill men but to torment men. Now there's a lot of information that we look at, look at this. One Bible scholar says this, the plagues of locusts described in the apocalypse represents a demonic invasion of planet earth. The creatures are depicted as having been imprisoned in the abyss. They are released by divine permission uh, and, uh, and torment unbelievers, those who do not have the seal of God. These are demons, folks. These are demons who are unlocked and unleashed and allowed out from the abyss where they have been imprisoned and where they have been in torment. Now they're out hovering over planet Earth, tormenting men. It's going to be so bad. It's going to be so bad that men are going to seek to die, and the Bible says that death itself will elude man. Man will be required to experience the suffering that will come from the torment that is brought upon them by these demons. Uh, they are released, in essence. And listen, God is a sovereign God, and I know this sounds absolutely fantastic. It almost sounds like it perhaps would be science fiction. But we know because Scripture tells us that we as Christians are engaged in a spiritual battle, that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against spirits and powers and demons. There is something going on in the spirit world that we must be aware of and that is battling for our soul and for our capacity to serve God and live for God the way He wants us to. Well, at this particular point, for five months, those who are unbelievers, who do not have the seal of God, will be tormented by these demons. Uh, they will seek death, and death will elude them. They will take, they will attempt to take their own lives without any success. Now, I'm going to stop at trumpet number five, because I'm going to be running out of time here, uh, let's just make some practical application, folks. Again, what the Bible talks about that is going to happen during the tribulation period is real. We believe without a doubt that it, the things of which the Bible is speaking of are going to happen literally. There's no reason not to take this literally, again, since we are, we know that the other prophecies which have been fulfilled up to this point have been fulfilled literally. Listen, are you going to be one of those human beings who will be left behind after the rapture of the church because you have not made a personal commitment to Jesus Christ? And are you one of those left behind to experience, indeed, the suffering that will come as a result of the events that will happen during the tribulation period?